This episode of the ACB Advocacy Update has been made possible in part through the support of ACB of Minnesota. You're listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of ACB Advocacy Update. I am your host today, the Kumar. ACB's Advocacy and Outreach Specialist. Clark is unfortunately unavailable today. And um, today's theme is going to be international, international advocacy. International advocacy with um, Kim Charlson, who is the president of the North American region of the World, World of Blind Union. Um, that's a mouthful. Um, and we also have Meryl Schechter and Sandra Sherman's from the International Religious Committee. Hi, guys. How are you? Great. How are you? Hi. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, great. Um, so start off, we will um, talk with Kim about her role and the role of, w- of the WBU. So, Kim, can you talk about, a little more about the WBU? And what you Absolutely. Have Thank you, Swatha, for the opportunity to share a little more information about the World Blind Union and ACB's role in World Blind Union activities. So um, as you mentioned, I am the president. I was elected in April of 2021 for the North American Caribbean region of the World Blind Union. So I will um, talk a little bit about the structure of the WBU, but I'm going to start first, I think, on the more global, since it is the World Blind Union, and kind of tell you the bigger picture and then kind of get filter back down, I think, to the regional level. So folks can have a better understanding of what the World Blind Union is. Um, One thing that it is not, it is not a membership organization like ACB. It doesn't have individual members. So the World Blind Union is a global organization that represents the estimated 253 million people all around the globe who have some type of a disability. And the mission is really to serve as the voice. um, Well, that's not people with disabilities. That's actually people who are blind or visually impaired throughout the globe. Because the mission of the WBU is to speak as the voice of the blind in the in the global arena, which means policy setting areas, the United Nations, the International Disability Alliance, and many other organizations at the global level that provide um, either financial assistance or technical assistance to c- countries, um, particularly developing countries. So the WBU has 190 member countries. So that's a pretty good global representation. And so the, for example, the, the United States is a global member. We're a country member and we have 10 votes within our country at the decision-making table of the World Blind Union. And that decision-making arena would be the quadrennial assembly of the WBU that happens every four years. Uh, 
So we just had a quadrennial meeting um, in late June of 2021. Um, The pandemic postponed that for a year. And the next one will be in 2025. And we originally were scheduled to go to Madrid, Spain, and be hosted by ANSE, which is the national member organization in Spain. But that um, gl- that quadrennial meeting was held via Zoom and globally, and we had elections that were held um, via you know the web, and um, we elected a new president of the World Blind Union. Her name is Martine Abel Williamson, and she's from New Zealand. And her work in the last few months since she was elected has been really to um, to begin and identify a strategic plan for the next quadrennium, which would be the upcoming four years. So um, the the vision, I guess I'll talk a little bit about that, of the World Blind Union is um, to it, basically I'm going to quote it because I think it says it very nicely. A world in which we, as persons who are blind or partially sighted, can participate fully in any aspect of life we choose. Now, that seems like a pretty good vision statement for just about any organization. And what we want to do is make it possible for people to do what they want to do and have access to do it. So at the short term level, which is the current strategic plan that is almost ending, but we're still working under it right now until the new one is adopted, um, there are four tiers to that um, strategic plan. And those are that the World Blind Union is be recognized as the voice for blind people in a global setting, which I talked about, that the members at all levels have the capacity to deliver their programs and services. So that means trying to help those nations that don't have resources to provide services for people who are blind. The third tier is that blind people live in a world that is increasingly accessible to all of us. So that's a very important goal. Um, A lot of uh, technological issues surround that one. And then the fourth one would be that the WBU is recognized as an international source of information on blindness and visual impairment for government agencies, ministries, um, other types of government and not-for-profit NGOs, as they call them in the international um, sector. So I'll take a breath and (laughs) that was a lot to kind of talk at you, but um, do you have specific other questions? I I have a lot more to say. So um, I just. Yeah, definitely. So tell us, can you tell us more about your role specifically as president of the region? Absolutely. Yes. So um, I'll talk about the North American Caribbean region a little bit, and, um, and then we can talk more about some of the specific things that the, um, the WBU has done um, in our region and globally as well. So 
the, um, the North American Caribbean region is made up of um, organizations from the United States, and I'll tell you those in a second, Canada, and then the individual member countries of the Caribbean. So um, within the last three years, the, the WBU North American region has really worked to try to um, empower those smaller countries in the Caribbean. And, and there are many of them actually because of the islands. Um, and they're not particularly large countries. Um, they're, and they have a lot of challenges because certainly, certainly transportation is kind of one of them. Um, they're not a lot of ways to get from point A to point B. You either fly or you ride a boat or something. So, um, you know, those are, are somewhat limited that they're a little bit more isolated. And in the economic structure of the Caribbean, the, you know, the primary economy, certainly in the Caribbean is tourism. And, um, you know, anybody who's had an opportunity to travel or knows a lot about, you know, resorts and things like that, those, those kind of places tend to be owned by what we call multinational corporations, the big corporations. And so you don't always see uh, in, in the UN, the, the, um, the Carib- most of the Caribbean countries are, are listed <clears throat> as mid-level economic. So the kind of mid, quote middle-class. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reality seems to be, of course, that the, the people who are in those countries work in the tourism sector, but they work in level jobs that probably are not paying a lot. And so the the economic status of the citizenry of those countries is lower than what I would consider to be middle class. So it's challenging to, to provide services, to have organizations that can do a lot when resources are scarce. So they, they operate in many respects like a developing country, but they really aren't classified as that. So it's a kind of an awkward position for them to be in. And one way that they resolved that was to kind of un- unite as, as one entity called the Caribbean Council for the Blind. And under the Caribbean Council, where they had, you know, a unified voice, all the Caribbean nations were under that, but it didn't give them any autonomy as individual countries to be able to participate in WBU. It all went through the Caribbean Council of the Blind and the representative for that entity. So there have, in the last three years, the Caribbean countries have been a lot more interested in um, participating as their own countries Um, And we've also made some changes to the WBU International Constitution to reflect a dues structure that doesn't charge the United States and the Bahamas the same amount of dues. You know, the United Mm -hmm. States is big, so we pay more. Canada is larger. You know, they pay more, that kind of thing. The Bahamas is not a huge country. And so we, we have a structure now that is being implemented with, with dues to, um, to allow a country that has less than 800,000 residents to have one delegate instead of two, 
and to also um, have a reduced rate of dues based on their country's population. Um, there are countries in the Caribbean that have less than 20,000 residents. So, um, you know, and that would be very challenging if they had to pay dues that were the same. So, so that's something we've tried to do to, to make it more equitable for those countries. So within the United States, the, um, the consumer organizations are the National Federation of the Blind and the American Council of the Blind. And between us, we have five votes. And then the other members um, of the region are um, the American Foundation for the Blind, the American Printing House for the Blind, um, AER, which is the Association of Education and Rehabilitation of the Blind and Visually Impaired, um, the National Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled, and National Industries for the Blind. So there's five of what we would call the for the blind organizations. And then they each have a vote. And then there's ACB and NFB, which share five votes between us. So we each have 2.5 votes. And as you can probably imagine, there, there was strategic reasons for that because it's important that the consumer organizations um, within a country like the U.S. have equal status to the for the blind organizations. So we have two delegates. Um, the other organizations have one and we can't have a half a delegate. So we, we just have two and a half votes. So um, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be a half a delegate. That wouldn't be any fun. <laughs> so, um, so that's um, those are the members within the United States delegation. And then we have an executive so I'm the president um, at our last meeting um, at the end of November, um, we had a vacancy in the office of treasurer because, I mean, the, we had a vacancy in the office of vice president for our region. Um, back in April, we elected Diane Bergeron from Canada to the role of vice president of our region, but she stood for office at the international level of the World Blind Union, it was elected as treasurer. So when she was elected treasurer, she was no longer eligible to be our regional vice president. So we had a vacancy and we elected Mark Riccobono to fill that role. The other two um, members of the executive committee for the region are Charles Mossop from Canada and Kenneth Surratt from Trinidad and Tobago. So they are the, they're my executive board, basically, that I work with um, between meetings. And we usually meet two times a year. And of course, we've been doing it virtually for the last couple of years. So hopefully at some point soon, we will again be able to meet in person. But we've been doing pretty well virtually as we can. So mm -hmm. I can talk a little bit about some of the... Um, events and activities, and, and then we can get into some of the issues, certainly, that the World Blind Union is involved in. Recently, they, um, they held a, the, this is at the international level, they held a meeting with um, Meta, which is the new corporate name for Facebook, 
Um, and it was kind of a, a life in the virtual WBU, you know, so what, what's the virtual world and what's the accessibility that Facebook and its other branches are going to be able to provide for people um, who are blind and visually impaired. So that was, um, I wasn't involved directly in that meeting, so I don't know the outcome yet, but it was just held um, a few weeks ago. Um, the WBU also meets with um, Microsoft on an annual basis to talk about accessibility of their technologies um, and to make sure that they're um, reaching, you know, a global community and not just necessarily the, the U.S. market. Those corporations are global corporations. So people in Europe and Asia and Africa are all interested in making sure that Microsoft is accessible. So, so those meetings are really important. Um, our WBU representation was at the 13th session of what's called the Conference of state parties to the um, Convention of the, for the Rights of People with Disabilities or CRPD. And that's um, actively being signed on to as an international treaty um, by many countries. Unfortunately, the United States is not one of the countries that has signed on to the CRPD, which is very disappointing. Um, we came very close about six or seven years ago, um, but our U.S. delegation has kind of taken the position that, that the, the climate for treaties and um, hasn't been very favorable in the Senate, which is the body that has to approve a treaty. So we, we haven't pushed its, its adoption because it would be so much worse to send it forward and not have it um, pass the Senate. And, you know, we were successful in passing an international treaty in, um, in 20, I think it was 2018, actually, the Marrakesh Treaty for the Visually Impaired that has to do with accessible accessibility to special format materials um, on an international level and being able to share those materials globally from country to country that are signees on the Marrakesh Treaty. So I'm very glad to say that the U.S. has signed on and is very active in implementation of uh, Marrakesh, which means we have shared. And the, and the primary entity in the U.S. that's leading this effort is the National Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled. They have the, the collection, they have the digital materials in audio and braille formats, and they are in the process of sharing those with um, WIPO, the World International um, Intellectual Property Organization, that has um, an entity under that called the Accessible Books Consortium. And the Accessible Books Consortium is the entity that's been assigned at the global level to handle all of the materials in a global archive called the Global Book Service. And that is where um, organizations on behalf of readers in their countries can download materials that have been shared at the Global Book Service. So um, there's probably over 300,000 titles currently and it's growing all the time. So it's, um, it is definitely a new resource and there's books in 
many different languages in that collection because there's nearly a hundred um, organizations that have you know contributed their collections to the Global Book Service. And so you've got books certainly in English. There's a lot of Spanish. And there's probably about 60 other languages that have been contributed in lesser degrees and numbers of materials, but it's, it's absolutely an amazing resource for people who speak other languages besides English. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you mentioned in America, you mentioned the UNCRPD. Um, what other advocacy work um, initiatives initiatives mm-hmm. is on um, that we working on as of now or specifically? Right. So I mentioned um, as part of the CRPD, there's something called the um, SDG is what everybody calls it, but I think it means strategic development goals. And several of the strategic development goals that have been set out for developing countries and, and um, countries that have adopted the CRPD relate to inclusion of people with disabilities. And the um, strategic development goals, it was a, a 30, um, I think it was, maybe it was a 20-year initiative because there's still 10 years you know, um, left for the UN and those countries to meet some of those strategic objectives um, to make sure that no one basically um, is left behind, to keep the promise that no one will be left behind, that, the, that our society will be accessible. So that's being worked on at all levels within the WBU for the the six different regions. And I talked, of course, about the North American Caribbean region because that's the region I know the best. But there's also a region that encompasses Latin America, um, Europe, Asia, Africa, and Asia Pacific. So those are the the six regional um, divisions. And all of the presidents of each of those regions serve on the World Blind Union International Board. So I'm a member of the International Board of the World Blind Union as well as our region. So as you can imagine, um, the the, um, issues for the most part over the last two and a half years, well, at least two years, I guess, is um, COVID. And its impact on um, people who are blind and visually impaired. And in fact, the World Blind Union released a report on the impact of COVID on communities of people who are blind and visually impaired. Um, As we've all experienced within the United States, there have been a lot of issues about access to vaccines and scheduling vaccinations and inaccessibility of websites where you were supposed to go to to schedule your appointment for a vaccination and just all the protocols that that developed because we went into a pandemic about you know uh, limited contact and curbside pickup and you know blind people don't drive in lines to get tested so you're supposed to stay in your car and you know they give you the test and and all these different things that that happened 
And so many things like that happened globally as well. The same kinds of, you know, policies that were implemented with no special consideration for someone who didn't drive, for someone who couldn't access a website because of the lack of programming to make it accessible. So that has definitely kept the, um, the staff, and there are staff of the World Blind Union, very busy. The headquarters is in Toronto, and the staff that work for the WBU, um, most of them are in Toronto, but some of them are elsewhere around the globe working on special projects such as human rights or um, global community accessibility, which is also um, kind of a smart cities initiative about how to make cities and urban areas more accessible for people who are blind and visually impaired. And those those topics, you know, sound pretty familiar, I think, because people in the U.S. are, you know, working on initiatives around that as well within our cities and urban areas to make them more accessible for transportation, employment, all the different aspects of daily life. And so that's, that's kind of that overview of, um, of structure. Um, advocacy can certainly cover an extremely wide range of topics within the WBU. Um, probably the, the most immediate one that often will rise to the top is to, to help any nation that has experienced a national disaster. So this past year, we had two of our Caribbean um, nations that experienced natural, well, three, excuse me, three that experienced national disasters. The first was Haiti with a a tremendously devastating earthquake um, that they still are, are trying to recover from, from the one that hit them so very hard in 2009 as well. Then that was followed by a hurricane that point blank hit the Bahamas and wiped out a pretty significant portion of one of the Bahama major islands. Um, Then the third was a volcano on um, St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Um, The volcano hadn't erupted for um, like a century or something, and that caused major Uh, major issues as well. And having actually myself been in the area where a volcano erupted when um, I was younger and lived in Oregon, Mount St. Helens erupted um, in like the late 1980s. And it was like a snowstorm, but it was ash. And so there were inches of ash all over everything. And it was very destructive because that's silicon. And so you know, if you just try to you know, wipe it off, it's going to scratch your paint on your cars. It's going to, you know, get all over everywhere. And it's very, very um, destructive. So I, I remember those days and just imagining that this island was you know, blanketed with ash um, and people had to evacuate. And, you know, blind people were among those people that had to evacuate and leave everything. Um, very disruptive, very devastating for people. But the governments in those countries, particularly St. Vincent and the Bahamas, really did a good job to, um, to handle the, the, um, the evacuation and re- resettlement of people with disabilities overall. 
you know, not so much in Haiti. They they struggle. They work extremely hard to do what they do, um, but they rely on a lot of national um, nonprofits called NGOs that come into those areas to help with with that. And the political structure in Haiti is is not strong. They their president was assassinated and everything just kind of compounded to make it even more challenging than I think the 2009 um, earthquake in, in so many ways. So other issues that we work a lot on is um, related to equity because there, there is not equity among our countries around the globe for people who are blind. And it's, it's very, um, you know, Concerning to me um, that particularly an area that there is not a lot of equity in is women and blind women, particularly Um, Mm -hmm. in many countries have to really um, struggle to get access to educational services. They have to struggle uh, to get access to rehabilitation services, if at all possible, Um, so there's a lot of um, inequity in the service delivery and what's available and what's available may be very limited, but um, it isn't, there isn't an equal opportunity for women to have a chance in some of these areas uh, at all. So we've worked for, for many years to try to increase and expand those opportunities for women in, in countries um, where it hasn't traditionally been available. So there's always something. Um, The last quadrennial um, that was held in 2016 was actually in the United States. Um, The National Federation of the Blind was the sponsor organization, and it was held in Orlando, Florida. And at that meeting, we talked a lot about refugees and how to protect and support and assist blind individuals who are refugees in, in all kinds of, you know, the refugees from Africa, the refugees from um, Afghanistan would certainly be the latest example that we've been hearing a lot about and how to make sure that, that they are able to get access to what is available to people who are refugees in camps around the world. I can only imagine how difficult that kind of a situation would be. And then trying to um, navigate that environment as a blind person to try to get your, your meals, your food, your education, your medicine is just incredibly um, challenging, I think. So there's some really major, you know, heartbreaking kinds of issues that, that we're trying to deal with. And, you know, I have to say every day that any kind of aid and assistance that's available to help us help um, our fellow blind individuals throughout the globe is, is always appreciated. And really um, there's so much work to do and, you know, it's, it's sometimes overwhelming, but, you know, it's the same kind of thing with ACB. I think that you experience Swatha and that is, you know, we, We continue to whittle away at the issues to make our rights and our opportunities stronger. And that's the same kind of work we have to do at the global level because 
the, the, the wall that we're chipping at at the global level is a lot higher and a lot thicker. And there's so much more to do. But everything we succeed in in our country is an example and a motivation for people in other countries. And we really do lead the way in so many different things. We should be incredibly proud of our ACB media and, and the communication channel that that provides to a global blind audience um, is, is huge. I, I get constant comments from people all around the world about how much they learn from our ACB media channels and what we do at our conventions and being able to hear our meetings and hear us talk about the issues. And, and it really heightens things for them. So you know, there's, I could keep talking all day, but I think (laughs) there are many, many things, but hopefully I've given you a a good example, a a kind of a sampling of some of the the variety of issues that, that we deal with and the the structure of the WBU and how that works. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Just one more question for, um, for for listeners and members. Um, what or how can members get more involved in international issues or in um, the, the global, global, global space or um, in WB generally? So, you know, I, I encourage um, involvement. And I think one area of involvement you're going to hear about very soon that ACB is doing with our International Relations Committee. And that's a way that that um, ACB is trying to, um, you know, channel people who have an interest in the international advocacy world to work with with our committee. Um, And there's also, you know, if people have questions for me, um, I can share my email so that they can communicate with me or contact the national office, contact you. Um, if there's issues that come up and they're not able to send an email to me directly so that um, I can answer questions. Um, I, I s- present and talk to groups and, you know, sometimes the answer isn't necessarily advocacy, especially in the case of natural disasters. You know, we, we're very supportive in the U.S. when there's a disaster. We want to help people, in, and particularly blind people in those countries. And really, the, the only way that we can help them in the immediate aftermath of some kind of a natural disaster is financially, because all of the needs that are uppermost for them are the ones that the Red Cross and other charities like that that come in to help are prepared to do. So, um, you know, it's, it's not like I could say, you know, people can make a donation to the North American Caribbean region of the World Blind Union. We, we don't do that. We don't take donations. We don't really have a treasury because we're a member, you know, member, member organization of, of organizations. So the, um, the funds that people often donate, we'll just encourage them to donate to a reputable charity that's in the country working to help all people who need help in that country. So if anyone has any questions or, you know, on a specific issue or um, anything like that, you can feel free to reach out to me via email. And my email is pretty easy. Um, It's my name, Kim Charlson. It's K-I-M 
C-H-A-R-L-S-O-N at acb.org. Yep, absolutely. Um, we'll also, we'll also include that in the show notes as well. Um, thanks, Kim, so much for being here. Well, thank you, Swatha, for the opportunity to talk about international activities and um, ACB's role in, in international work for people who are blind around the globe. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Have a great um, yesterday. See you soon. Thank you. Bye. All right, so next up we have Meryl Schechter and Sandra Sermons from the International Legions Committee. Um, Meryl is the vice chair and Sandra was former chair, I believe. And um, so, hello, hey guys, how are you doing? Great. Thanks, Martha. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, so just start off, can you talk a little can you tell us um, a little bit about your committee and what you both do or did as chair of yes. chair? Yes, the International Relations Committee promotes and empowers um, blind people who are in low vision uh, around the world. And the objective is accomplished through the Voices Around the World Luncheon during the live conference and convention where guests share their experience. And also there are articles written in the Braille Forum. Um, and the August issue spotlighted the International Relations Committee. So for example, um, the person that I encouraged to write the article was Melissa. She is a Zoom host for the community called Melissa Sprouse. She's from Dubai. And she is very articulate for her young age. She just graduated from <clears throat> high school in June. And she wrote about her experiences being a woman who is blind in Dubai and how there's a lot of discrimination because in a lot of Arab countries, the, especially the blind women, they cannot go anywhere without an escort. So when they travel, um, they have to be with someone all the time. And uh, they are also, you know, they're very sheltered. So she, her goal actually is to be able to get an education going. She has a good education, but it could have been better because a lot of the teachers didn't really acknowledge her disability she was bored. She learned JAWS at a school, but they really didn't teach her anything else. And so she stayed at home a lot, but she finally did graduate high school. And um, she learned English on her own through reading stories and books and listening to JAWS. And I was very impressed with her. And the reason I was able to actually get her was because Cindy Hollis, interviewed her as one of the international women on uh, ACB in action. And I was so impressed with her. I said to Sandra, uh, I said, we have got to get her. So um, the voices from around the world, luncheon basically was something that Sandra was very instrumental in for 10 years. And this year we celebrated our 10th anniversary. And we had a lot of 
um, wonderful, wonderful speakers who talked about um, their, their other experiences, but I just wanted to elaborate um, basically on, um, on Melissa. But we had on Tuesdays and, and Thursday of the convention, we virtual convention, we had um, different speakers such as, um, well, I gave a tribute on Do Josephine Defini, who was an advocate. And she was a fearless advocate for the International Relations Committee oh. and for so many other things. Um, just um, piggyback on what uh, Meryl is saying as well. Um, so she's absolutely right. Um, the purpose of international relations, um, we are in the United States, we are very fortunate. We have a great deal of resources for all of the issues that we have in the United States. We still have a great deal of resources and information capital, uh, considerably more than, than they have than the folks who are blind or have low vision have in other countries. And so the goal of International Relations Committee is kind of to serve as a conduit. It's a, um, the, the conduit of information between um, the United States and other countries, other uh, developing countries with respect to people who are blind or have low vision. Um, we share information, we share technical expertise, if possible, we share equipment, we share, and in, in turn, um, we, people from, or people who are blind or low vision from around the world, um, they reach out to us. We, we have a dialogue. We, um, because the committee is limited in resources, but still, um, what we do is to try to make a difference in various countries, you know, Haiti, Tanzania, um, Nigeria, uh, whatever, wherever we can make a difference. Ethiopia, um, in some small way. Uh, and then also from a, a national perspective is just educating, educating ACB members about who we are as a committee, what the needs of people who are blind or have low vision are worldwide. I mean, we all need education, rehabilitation, and employment opportunities, right? They, those are some common themes. Um, and so we, as I said, we're the conduit. Um, when something international related happens in the blind community, um, ACB taps us uh, quite often. Um, as the source for, because we are the International Relations Committee. Um, so I just wanted to, to chime in that little tidbit. Thank you, um, Sandra, for that. Um, we also hold community calls and we held one this uh, past Wednesday concerning um, <clears throat> the holiday tra traditions th from throughout the world. And I told about uh, Hanukkah, which is the festival of lights. And with Hanukkah, you eat potato latkes, which are like potato pancakes. Uh, you have, um, and you, that can be eaten with applesauce or actually with sour cream. 
You also have a dreidel, which is a spinning top. You light the Hanukkah candles, but many of us don't like to light candles who are blind. So basically, uh, a lot of us use a Hanukkah menorah. And um, it's just a great festival. Now, other people talked about uh, a holiday in India called Diwali, which is for India tradition and uh, three new members of the committee. They now live in the U.S., but two were born in India. And so they talked about their traditions as far as um, it's uh, cleaning out of your house, but they have a lot of good foods and, and things like that. Um, and also, um, let's see. Oh, Maria was talking about the natural disasters and other things. I mean, I'm sorry, Sandra, <laughs> um, which I was going to mention also. Let's uh, see what Swatha wants to ask yeah. for our next question. Okay, sure. Yeah, of course. Um, thanks for that. Um, so kind of going off of the natural disasters and um, kind of connecting the black money in the U.S. to, to the global world. Um, what advocacy issues are important to the committee and what do you through the working on next year? Oh, Sandra, you want to take that? Oh, sure. Okay. So um, what's important to us? Well, um, I would say that um, Braille literacy is, is huge. Um, we want to do whatever we can uh, in order to promote literacy in general and specifically Braille literacy in particular. So um, one of the initiatives, both of them really, um, one in, in Nigeria and one in, <coughs> excuse me, we have two initiatives. One is in Nigeria, one is in Ethiopia. They're both, um, and I think the third, Haiti, um, is in the works. Um, but basically what we did, um, there, were, there are two, two schools in particular, uh, one in Nigeria, one in, um, one in Ethiopia through the Addis Foundation being uh, short for Addis Ababa, which is the capital of Ethiopia. Um, we collected blindness specific items, braille paper, magazines, magnifiers, brailers, um, abacai, anything that is blindness specific because we have tons of them here and you know, they, in those countries, they don't have any. They, they share, I mean, a school of 60, 70 students has one brailer. Um, and they think that, and, and for them, that is fabulous. That, that means the school is excellent. They have one brailer, you know? Um, in this country, we, we have a brailer to ourselves. We usually have a note taker, we ha you know? Um, the, the concept of having to share a brailler with 70 other people is completely, we can't wrap our minds around it. So mm -hmm. basically what we did, um, we, we had um, somebody present from the Addis Foundation and somebody to present from um, 
Nigeria and sort of give us a snippet of, you know, what the conditions are like for um, students who are blind or low vision. And then talk to us, speak to us about some needed items. And so we are always um, on the lookout, hunting for any kind of blindness specific item, whether it's a computer with JAWS, a, a, a braille display that's a few generations old, you know, in anything blindness related, you know, we, we could probably put to use because the things that, you know, we put away, we throw away that we, you know, kind of discard for the next, the, the, you know, the next greatest thing um, for me, for example, canes. Okay. I buy canes every year, right? My, and I don't throw my old canes away. I just sort of, you know, keep them in a closet. And I'm sure people are like me, you know, okay, they get a new cane. They're not going to throw it away, but they don't use it either. You know, and, and after a while, when I accumulate, you know, 15 canes, okay, I only need one or two. I don't need 15 canes. So, <laughs> you know, any of these products, these that, that we've discarded, that we, you know, no longer need because we are now on to the next, you know, latest and greatest, but there's still some life in that, in that product. And there's still somebody, very deserving person in another country who could probably get a great deal more use out of it. And so we try to consolidate those items and then distribute them accordingly. Yep, absolutely. It's interesting to hear about the problem with literacy in other countries when even our own country, Braille is Braille literacy is going, is increasing and declining. Um, and it's interesting to compare. So um, tell us like, what, so can you tell us a little bit more about the, about the community calls that you do um, or the program or the activities that activities they do um to kind of promote and like global awareness or um promote like a sense or have like yeah to promote um kind of knowledge so of this community with we uh, members do a variety of things because we acb is fortunate um the community calls you know huge kudos to cindy hollis um, an amazing platform. So we, we do community calls, we do, you know, convention activities. So like Meryl was alluding to, uh, holiday voices from around the world kind of spoke to, um, because we're people first, right? We're, we're people first, we're blind or visually impaired second. And so that means that we come from all, we're all shapes, sizes, ethnicities, um, coming from all walks of life. And therefore we are members of society, whatever that society may be, you know? And so therefore we, it is so good for us to be able to contribute. You know, this, this is what it's like for um, a, a person who's blind in India. You know, um, we had that featured or, you know, in Nigeria or, you know, um, sort of highlighting yes we're blind but we have culture we we participate in societies in every aspect of society and in this 
in this season, this is the holiday season. So what sorts of cultures, where do we come from and what, how do we celebrate the holidays in our various cultures, which I think was phenomenal idea. Um, voices. And we, we've had um, one community call where we focused on uh, the, the projects that we were doing at the time. It was um, one from Nigeria, uh, one from Ethiopia. And so we had, we had a community call where we just took, it was like a question and answer. Okay, this is who we are. This is what we're doing. Um, am I forgetting any, Meryl? Um, I don't think you are, no. Mm-mm. Great, that is great to hear that you guys are so active. Um, what can or how can our listeners get more involved in your committee or in um, IR in general? Like, what advice do you have for that? Um, so first of all, if you have any kind of blindness product lying around in your home, you can reach out to us because nine times out of 10, we can find a use for it. Um, it is on our website, which when I'm done, Meryl will um, explain how to mm-hmm. uh, reach our website, but you can, that's one, um, that's one way. Um, you can get a hold of our committee because we do a, a bunch of different things throughout the year. You know, we're constantly uh, fielding correspondence from different um, countries and things of that nature. So if, if you, whether you have an interest in traveling international, going abroad as a person who's blind or have low vision, whether you, uh, <clears throat> would like to see a particular community call if you have something in mind you know my blind travels in in Ecuador and you want to talk you know um let us know if you um just come to our events make yourselves known let us know who you are because we we are constantly looking out for um you know people who are interested either in being on the committee or or uh, I'll say this, in my tenure, um, what Dan, our president, you know, he kind of appoints people uh, August, September. So, but the best way to get to know us is to reach out to us, participate in our committee um, activities. And then um, if you there's an interest, make yourself known um, and, and they can, you know, talk about potentially having you as a member, or if you'd like to serve in some other supportive role, you know, you, you have a contact in Haiti, you, you know, the, uh, you're friends with the, with the postmaster general of Haiti. So anybody, if we need to send a package to Haiti, you can guarantee that it'll get there in any way, whatever way you feel that you can help us, uh, reach out to us and we'll, we'll, we'll gladly speak to anybody um, and just give them information about who we are, what we do um, and, and how you can help. Yeah, of course. Um, you have anything to add, Meryl? Uh, yes. Um, <clears throat> the website, um, well, basically you would go to www.acb.org and under committees and task forces, you'll find the International Relations Committee and then you'll find the whole website. On the website, we have 
archives of the voices around the world from various conventions. And we also have archives of the community calls. And um, I want to say that I have, I was begging Sandra for years. I said, I want, I got to be on the International Relations Committee. And what prompted this was years ago, um, Oral Miller, who had been active on the committee, he used to have on Monday nights a dinner in DC where you would go to different ethnic restaurants. And then he would talk and Sandra would talk about the International Relations Committee. And when they first said they were gonna talk about it, I said, what is that? And then they went into the whole details. And so I guess it's been almost 10 years or so that I've wanted to be on it because I speak French and Spanish fluently. I have a double major um, from French and Spanish from Adelphi University in Garden City, Long Island in New York, where I'm originally from. And I also have my master's in Spanish from Fordham University in the Bronx. And when I was working at Social Security and the IRS, I dealt with Spanish speaking people on the 800 number as well as some French speaking people. So that's my interest in it. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks guys for being here so much. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, it's great. It's great. It's great to hear about your committee and about all the work all the work you're doing. Um, and that's a wrap, folks. As always, you can contact us at advocacy at acb.org. And as always, keep advocating. This episode of the ACB Advocacy Update has been made possible in part through the support of ACB of Minnesota. ACBM wants to send along heartfelt greetings to all of its family throughout the ACB community. Having hosted two outstanding and invigorating ACB national conventions, they are committed to expanding opportunity for Americans who are blind and visually impaired. ACBM supports the James R. Olson Memorial Scholarship honoring one of its past members, and they continue to not let life during these challenging times slow down. ACBM invites all to their informative bi-monthly community conference calls, ranging on everything from sports and technology to gardening and loving life in the land of 10,000 lakes. They hold quarterly monthly membership meetings, monthly coffee gatherings, and monthly board meetings. To learn more about ACBM, visit their website at www acbminnesota.org or call 612-223-5543. ACBM, a supporter of the ACB Media Network.